0: Welcome to Volume 4 of The Scarecrow of Oz. Chapter 7. The Bumpy Man. The mountain upon which they had alighted was not a barren waste, but had on its sides patches of green grass, some bushes, a few slender trees, and here and there masses of tumbled rocks. The sides of the slope seemed rather steep, but with care one could climb up or down them with ease and safety. The view from where they now stood showed pleasant valleys and fertile hills lying below the heights. Trot thought she saw some houses of queer shapes scattered about the lower landscape, and there were moving dots that might be people or animals, yet were too far away for her to see them clearly. Not far from the place where they stood was the top of the mountain, which seemed to be flat, so the orc
1: proposed to his companions that he would fly up and see what was there. That's a good idea, said Trot, because it's getting toward evening, and we'll have to find a place to sleep.
0: The orc had not been gone for more than a few minutes when they saw him appear on the edge of the top, which was nearest them. Come on up, he called. So Trot and Captain Bill began to ascend the steep slope, and it did not take them long to reach the place where the orc awaited them. Their first view of the mountaintop pleased them very much. It was a level space of wider extent than they had guessed, and upon it grew grass of brilliant green color. In the very center stood a house built of stone and very neatly constructed. No one was in sight, but smoke was coming from the chimney. So, with one accord, all three began to walk toward the house.
1: "'I wonder,' said Trot, "'in what country we are, and if it's very far from my home in California.' Can't
0: say as to that, partner, answered Captain Bill. But I'm mighty certain we've come a long way since we struck that whirlpool. Yeah, she agreed with a
1: sigh. It must be miles and miles.
0: Distance means nothing, said the orc. I've flown pretty much all over the world trying to find my home, and it's astonishing how many little countries there are, hidden away in the cracks and corners of this big globe of Earth. If one travels... "'He may find some new country at every turn, "'and a good many of them have never yet been put upon the maps.' "'Well, perhaps this is one of them,' suggested Trot. "'They reached the house after a brisk walk, "'and Captain Bill knocked upon the door. "'It was at once opened by a rugged-looking man "'who had bumps all over him, as Trot afterwards declared. "'There were bumps on his head, bumps on his body, "'and bumps on his arms and legs and hands.' Even his fingers had bumps on the ends of them. For dress, he wore an old gray suit of fantastic design, which fitted him very badly because of the bumps it covered, but could not conceal. But the bumpy man's eyes were kind and twinkling in expression, and as soon as he saw his visitors, he bowed low and said in a rather bumpy voice, Happy day! Come in and shut the door, for it grows cool when the sun goes down.
1: Winter is now upon us. Why, it isn't a bit cold outside, said Trot. It can't be winter yet. You'll change your mind about that in
0: a little while, declared the bumpy man. My bumps always tell me the state of the weather. and They feel just now as if a snowstorm was coming this way. But make yourselves at home, strangers. Supper's nearly ready, and there's food enough for all ye. you. Inside the house there was but one large room, simply but comfortably furnished. It had benches, a table and a fireplace, all made of stone. On the hearth a pot bubbled and steamed, and Trot thought it rather smelled nice. The visitors seated themselves upon the benches, except for the orc who squatted by the fireplace, and the bumpy man began stirring the kettle briskly. May I ask what country this is, sir? inquired Captain Bill. Goodness me. Fruit cake and applesauce. Don't you know where you are? asked the Bumpy Man as he stopped stirring and looked at the speaker in surprise. "'No,' admitted Captain Bill. "'We've only just arrived.' "'Lost your way?' questioned the Bumpy Man. "'Not exactly,' said Captain Bill. "'We didn't have any way to lose in the first place.' "'Oh,' said the Bumpy Man, nodding his bumpy head. "'This,' he announced in a solemn, impressive voice, "'is the famous land of Mo.' Oh.
1: "'Oh!'
0: Exclaimed the sailor and the girl, both in one breath. But never having heard of the land of Mo, they were no wiser than before. I thought that would startle you," remarked the bumpy man, well pleased as he resumed his stirring. The orc watched him a while in silence and then asked, "Who may you be?" "Me," answered the bumpy man. "Haven't you heard of me? Gingerbread and lemon juice. I'm known far and wide as the Mountain Ear." They all received this information in silence at first, for they were trying to think what he could possibly mean. Finally, Trot mustered up the courage to ask,
1: "'Sir, what is a mountain ear, please?'
0: For answer, the man turned around and faced them, waving the spoon with which he had been stirring the kettle, as he recited the following verses in a sing-song tone of voice. "'Here's a mountain hard o' hearin', "'That sad-hearted and Nate's cheerin', so my duty is to listen to all the sounds that nature makes, so the hill won't get uneasy, get to coughing or get sneezy. For this monster bump, when frightened, is quite liable to quakes. You can hear a bell that's ringing. I can feel some people singing. But a mountain is insensible of what goes on. And so, when I hear a blizzard blowing, or it's raining hard or snowing, I tell it to the mountain "'and the mountain seems to know. "'Thus I benefit all people while I'm living on this steeple, "'for I keep the mountain steady so my neighbors all may thrive. "'With my listening and my shouting, "'I prevent this mountain from spouting, "'and that makes me so important that I'm glad to be alive.'" When he had finished these lines of verse, the bumpy man turned again to resume his stirring. The orc laughed softly, and Captain Bill whistled to himself. Trot made up her mind that the mountain ear must be more than a little crazy. "'But the bumpy man seemed satisfied that he had explained his position fully, "'and presently he placed four stone plates upon the table "'and then lifted the kettle from the fire "'and poured some of its contents into the plates. "'Captain Bill and Trot at once approached the table, for they were hungry. "'But when she examined her plate, the little girl exclaimed, "'Why, it's molasses candy!' "'To be sure!' returned the bumpy man with a pleasant smile. "'Eat it quick while it's hot, for it cools real quick in this winter weather.' With this, he seized a stone spoon and began putting the hot molasses candy into his mouth, while the others watched him in astonishment.
1: "'Doesn't that burn you?'
0: asked the girl. "'No, indeed,' he said. Want you eat? Ain't you
1: hungry?' "'Well, yes, I am hungry, but we usually eat our candy when it's cold and hard.' We always pull molasses candy before we eat it. Ha ha
0: ha! Laughed the mountain ear. What a funny idea! Where in the world you come from?
1: California,
0: she said. California? Pooh! There ain't no such place. I've heard of every place in the land of Mo, but I never heard of California.
1: It's not in the land of Mo,
0: she explained. Well, then it ain't worth talking about declared the Bumpy Man, helping himself again from the steaming kettle, for he'd been eating all this time as he talked. For my part, sighed Captain Bill, I'd like a decent square meal once more in my life, just by way of variety. In the last place there was nothing but fruit to eat, and here it's worse where there's nothing but candy.
1: Alas, this candy's not so bad, said Trot. Mine's nearly cool enough to pull already. Wait a bit, Captain, and you can eat it.
0: A little while later, she was able to gather the candy from the stone plate and begin to work it back and forth with her hands. The Mountain Ear was greatly amazed at this and watched her closely. It was really good candy and pulled beautifully, so that Trot was soon ready to cut it into chunks for eating. Captain Bill condescended to eat one or two pieces, and the orc ate several, but the Bumpy Man refused to try it. Trot finished the plate of candy herself and then asked for a drink of water. Water? asked the Mountain Ear wonderingly.
1: "'What's that?' "'Something to drink. Don't you have water and mow?' "'None that I ever heard of. "'But I can give you some fresh lemonade.
0: "'I caught it in a jar the last time it rained, "'which was only day before yesterday.' "'Does it rain lemonade here?' she inquired. "'Always. And it's very refreshing and healthful.' "'With this he brought from a cupboard a stone jar and a dipper, "'and the girl found it very nice lemonade. "'Indeed, Captain Bill liked it, too.' "'but the orc would not touch it. "'If there's no water in this country, I can't stay here for long,' the creature declared. "'Water means life to man, bird, and beast.'
1: "'Well, there must be water in the lemonade,' said Trot.
0: "'Yeah, I suppose so, but there are other things in it, too, and they spoil the good water.' "'The day's adventures had made our wanderers tired, "'so the bumpy man brought them some blankets, in which they rolled themselves, "'and then lay down before the fire.' which their host kept alive with fuel all through the night. Trot wakened several times and found the mountain ear always alert and listening intently for the slightest sound. But the little girl could hear no sound at all, except the snores of Cap'n Bill. Chapter Eight Button Bright is Lost and Found Again "'Wake up! Wake up!' called the voice of the bumpy man. "'Did not tell you winter was coming!' I could hear it coming with my left ear, and the proof is that it's now snowing hard outside. It is? Asked Trot, rubbing her eyes and
1: creeping out of her blanket. Where I live in California, I've never seen snow, except far away on the tops of high mountains. Well, this is the top of a high mountain,
0: returned the bumpy one, and for that reason, we get our heaviest snowfalls right here. The little girl went to the window and looked out. The air was filled with falling white flakes, so large in size and so queer in form that she was puzzled. "'Are you sure this is snow?' she asked. "'To be sure, I must get my snow shovel and turn out to shovel the path. Would you like to come with me?'
1: "'Yes,'
0: she said, and followed the bumpy man out when the door opened. Then she exclaimed,
1: "'But this isn't cold a bit!' Of
0: "'Course not,' replied the man. "'It was cold last night, for the snowstorm!' "'But snow, when it falls, is always crisp and warm.' "'Trock gathered a handful of it. "'But this is
1: popcorn!' she cried. "'Certainly all snow is popcorn. What'd you expect?' "'Popcorn's not snow in my country.' "'Well, it's the only snow we
0: ever have in the land of Moe, "'so you may as well make the best of it,' he said a little impatiently. "'I'm not responsible for the absurd things that happen in your country. "'When you're in Moe, you must do as the Moemen do.' Eat some of our snow and you'll find it's good. The only fault I find with our snow is that we get too much of it at times. With this, the bumpy man set to work shoveling a path, and he was so quick and industrious that he piled up the popcorn in great banks on either side of the trail that led to the mountain top from the plains below. While he worked, Trot ate popcorn and found it crisp and slightly warm, as well as nicely salted and buttered. Presently, Captain Bill came out of the house and joined her. "'What's this, then?' he asked.
1: "'Mo snow,' she said. "'But it isn't real snow, although it falls from the sky. "'It's popcorn.'
0: "'Captain Bill tasted it, then he sat down on the path and began to eat. "'The ork came out and pecked away with its bill as fast as it could. "'They all liked popcorn, and they were all hungry this morning. "'In the meantime, the flakes of mo snow came down so fast "'that the number of them almost darkened the air. "'The bumpy man was now shoveling quite a distance down the mountainside.' while the path behind him rapidly filled with fresh-fallen popcorn. Suddenly, Trot heard him call out, "'Good gracious! Mince, meat, and pancakes! Hear somebody buried in the snow!' She ran toward him at once, and the others followed, wading through the corn and crunching it underneath their feet. The most snow was pretty deep from where the bumpy man was shoveling, and from beneath a great bank of it he had uncovered a pair of feet. "'Dear me!' "'Somebody's been lost in the storm,' said Captain Bill. "'I hope he's still alive. Let's pull him out and see.' He took hold of one foot, and the bumpy man took hold of the other. Then they both pulled, and out of the heap of popcorn came a little boy. He was dressed in a brown velvet jacket and knickerbockers, and brown stockings, buckled shoes, and a blue shirtwaist that had frills down the front. When drawn from the heap, the boy was chewing a mouthful of popcorn, and both his hands were full of it. "'so at first he couldn't speak to his rescuers, "'but lay quite still and eyed them calmly, "'until he swallowed his mouthful, "'and then he said, "'Get my cap,' "'and stuffed more popcorn into his mouth. "'While the bumpy man began shoveling into the corn bank "'to find the boy's cap, "'Trot was laughing joyfully, "'and Captain Bill had a broad grin on his face as well. "'The orc looked from one to the other and asked, "'Who's the stranger?'
1: "'Why, it's Button Pride, of course!'
0: "'answered Trot.
1: "'If anybody ever finds a lost boy, "'he can make up his mind that it's button-bright. "'But how he ever came to be lost in this faraway country "'is more than I can make out.' "'Where does he belong?' inquired the orc. "'His home used to be in Philadelphia, I think. "'But I'm quite sure button-bright doesn't belong anywhere.' "'That's right,' said the boy, "'nodding his
0: head as he swallowed the second mouthful. "'Everybody belongs somewhere,' remarked the orc not me insisted button bride i'm halfway round the world from philadelphia and i've lost my magic umbrella that used to carry me anywhere stands the reason if i can't get it back i haven't got any home but i don't care much this is a pretty good country trot i've had lots of fun here by this time the mountain ear had secured the boy's cap and was listening to the conversation with much interest seems to me you know this poor snow-covered castaway
1: "'Yes, indeed,'
0: answered Trot.
1: "'We made a journey together to Sky Island once, and we're good friends.'
0: "'Well, I'm glad I saved his life,' said the bumpy man. "'Much obliged, Mr. Nobbs," said Button Bright, sitting up and staring at him. "'But I don't believe you've saved anything except some popcorn that I might have eaten "'had you not disturbed me. "'It was nice and warm in that bank of popcorn, and there was plenty to eat. "'What made you dig me out? "'And what makes you so bumpy everywhere?' "'Well, as for the bumps,' replied the man, looking at himself with much pride, "'I was born with them. I suspect they were a gift from the fairies. "'They make me look rugged and big, like the mountain I serve.' "'All right,' said Button Bright, and began eating popcorn again. "'It had stopped snowing now, and great flocks of birds were gathering around the mountainside, "'eating the popcorn with much eagerness and scarcely noticing the people at all. "'There were birds of every size and color.' most of them having gorgeous feathers and plumes. Oh, just look at them, exclaimed the orc scornfully. they the most dreadful creatures, all covered in feathers.
1: I think they're beautiful,
0: said Trot, and this made the orc so indignant that he went back into the house and sulked. Bright reached out his hand and caught a big bird by the leg. At once it rose into the air, and it was so strong that it nearly carried the little boy with it. He let go of the leg in a hurry, and the bird flew down again and began to eat the popcorn, not being frightened in the least. This gave Captain Bill an idea. He felt in his pocket and drew out several pieces of stout string. Moving very quietly so as not to alarm the birds, he crept up to several of the biggest ones and tied cords around their legs, thus making them prisoners. The birds were so intent on their eating that they did not notice what had happened to them, and when about twenty had been captured in this manner, Cap'n Bill tied the ends of all the strings together and fastened them to a huge stone so they could not escape. The bumpy man watched the old sailor's actions with much curiosity. "'The birds will be quiet until they've eaten up all the snow,' he said. "'But then they'll want to fly away to their homes. "'Tell me, sir, what will the poor things do when they find out they can't fly?' "'It may worry em a little,' replied Cap'n Bill." "'But they're not going to be hurt if they take it easy and behave themselves.' "'Our friends had made a good breakfast of the delicious popcorn, "'and now they walked toward the house again. "'Button Bright walked beside Trot and held her hand in his "'because they were old friends and he liked the little girl very much. "'The boy was not as old as Trot, and as small as she was, "'he was half a head shorter in height. "'The most remarkable thing about Button Bright "'was that he was always quiet and composed.' whatever happened, and nothing was ever able to astonish him. Trot liked him because he was not rude and never tried to plague her. Captain Bill liked him because he had found the boy cheerful and brave at all times, and willing to do anything he was asked to do. When they came to the house, Trot sniffed the air and asked, "'Do I smell perfume?' "'I think you do,' said the bumpy man. "'You smell violets, and that proves there's a breeze springing up from the south.' All our winds and breezes are perfumed in mole, and for that reason, we are glad to have them blown in our direction. South breeze always has a violet odor. North breeze is perfumed with lilies of the valley. West wind with lilac blossoms. So we need no weather vane to tell us which way the wind is blowing. We only have to smell the perfume, and that informs us at once. Inside the house they found the orc and Button Bright regarded the strange bird-like creature with curious interest. After examining it closely for a time, he asked, "'Which way does your tail whirl?' "'Either way,' said the orc. Button Bright put out his hand and tried to spin it. "'Hey, don't do that!' exclaimed the orc. "'Why not?' inquired the boy. "'Cause it happens to be my tail. I reserve the right to whirl it myself, thank you,' explained the orc. "'Let's go out and fly somewhere!' proposed Button Bright, I want to see how your tail works. Not now, said the orc. I appreciate your interest, which I fully deserve, but I only fly when I'm going somewhere, and if I got started, I might not be able to stop. That reminds me, remarked Captain Bill. Friend orc, how are we going to get away from here? Get away, exclaimed the bumpy man. Why don't you stay here? You won't find a nicer place anywhere than Mo." "'Have you been anywhere else, sir?' "'No, I can't say I have,' admitted the mountain ear. "'Then permit me to say you're no judge,' declared Captain Bill. "'But you haven't answered me question, friend orc. "'How are we going to get away from this mountain?' "'The orc reflected a while before he answered. "'I might carry one of you, the boy or the girl, upon my back, "'but three big people are more than I can manage, "'although I carry the two of you for a short distance. "'You ought not have eaten those purple berries so soon, I guess.' "'Perhaps we did make a mistake then,' Captain Bill acknowledged.
1: "'Or we might have brought some of those lavender berries with us "'instead of so many purple ones,'
0: suggested Trot regretfully. "'Captain Bill made no reply to this statement, "'which showed he did not fully agree with the little girl. "'But he fell into deep thought with wrinkled brows and finally said, "'If those purple berries would make anything grow bigger, "'whether it eaten the lavender ones or not, "'I could find a way out of our troubles.' They did not understand the speech and looked at the old sailor as if expecting him to explain what he meant. But just then, a chorus of shrill cries rose from outside.
1: Hey, let us go! Let Let us let us go!
0: The voices seemed to say,
1: Why have you insulted us this way? Mountaineer, come and help us! Trot ran to the window and looked out. It's the birds you caught, Captain, she said. I didn't know they could talk. Oh
0: yeah, all the birds and more educated to talk said the bumpy man. Then he looked at Captain Bill uneasily and added, "'Won't you let the poor things go?' "'We'll see,' replied the sailor, and walked out to where the birds were fluttering and complaining, because the strings would not allow them to fly away. "'Listen to me,' he cried, and at once they all became still. "'We're three people who are strangers in your land, and want to go to some other country. We want three of you birds to carry us there. We know we're asking a great favor, but—' "'It's the only way we can think of, except walkin'. "'And I'm not much good at that because I have a wooden leg. "'Besides Trot and button-bright are too small to undertake a long and tiresome journey. "'Now tell me, which three of your birds will consent to carry us?' "'The birds looked at one another as if greatly astonished, and then one of them replied,
1: "'You must be crazy, old man. Not one of us is big enough to fly, with even the smallest of your party.'
0: "'I'll fix the matter of size.' promised Captain Bill. If three of you will agree to carry us, I'll make you big and strong enough to do it, so it won't worry you a bit. The birds considered this gravely. Living in a magic country, they had no doubt but that the strange one-legged man could do exactly what he said. After a little while, one of them asked,
1: You make us big, would we stay that way always?
0: I think so, replied Captain Bill. They chattered a while among themselves, and then the bird that had first spoken said,
1: I'll go, for one. So will I,
0: said another, and after a pause, a third said,
1: I'll go, too.
0: Perhaps more would have volunteered, for it seemed that for some reason they all longed to be bigger than they were. But three were enough for Captain Bill's purposes, and so he promptly released all the others who immediately flew away. The three that remained were all cousins, and all were the same brilliant plumage, and in size about as large as eagle's. When Trot questioned them, she found they were quite young, having only abandoned their nests a few weeks before. They were strong and young birds, with clear, brave eyes, and the little girl decided that they were the most beautiful of all the feathered creatures she had ever seen. Captain Bill now took from his pocket the wooden box with the sliding cover and removed the three purple berries, which were still in good condition. "'Eat these,' he said, and gave one to each of the birds.' They obeyed, finding the fruit very pleasant to the taste. In a few seconds they began to grow in size and grew so quickly that Trot feared they would never stop. But finally they did stop growing, and then they were much larger than the orc. Captain Bill was much pleased by this result. "'You can carry us now, all right,' he said. The birds strutted around with pride, highly pleased with their immense size.
1: "'I don't see, though,' said Trot doubtfully. "'How are we going to ride on their backs without falling off?' "'We're not going to ride on their backs,'
0: answered Captain Bill. "'I'm going to make swings for us to ride in.' He then asked the bumpy man for some rope. But the man had no rope. He had, however, an old suit of gray clothes which he gladly presented to Captain Bill, who cut the cloth into strips and twisted it so that it was almost as strong as rope. With this material he attached to each bird a swing that dangled below its feet, "'and Button Bright made a trial flight in one of these "'to prove that it was safe and comfortable. "'When all this had been arranged, one of the birds asked, "'Where do you wish us to take you?' "'Why, just follow the orc. He'll be our leader. "'And wherever the orc flies, you're to fly. "'And wherever the orc lands, you're to land. Is that satisfactory?' "'The birds declared it was quite satisfactory. "'So Captain Bill took counsel with the orc. "'On our way here,' said the peculiar creature, I noticed a broad, sandy desert at the left of me, on which there was no living thing. Then we'd better keep away from that, replied the sailor. Not so, insisted the orc. I found in my travels that the most pleasant countries often lie in the midst of deserts, so I think it would be wise for us to fly over this desert and discover what lies beyond it, for the direction we came from lies the ocean, as we well know, and beyond here the strange land of Mo, which we do not care to explore... On one side we could see from this mountain is a broad expanse of plain, and on the other the desert. For my part, I vote for the desert. What do you say, Trot? inquired Captain Bill.
1: It's all the same to me,
0: she replied. No one thought of asking Button Bright's opinion, so it was decided to fly over the desert. They bade goodbye to the bumpy man and thanked him for his kindness and hospitality. Then they seated themselves in the swings, one for each bird, and told the orc to start away, and they would follow. The whirl of the orc's tail astonished the birds at first, but after he had gone a short distance, they rose into the air carrying their passengers easily, and flew with strong regular strokes of their great wings in the wake of their leader.